Hey everyone, it's me, Ben Magnet, and this is a special interview special. Oh wow, that Brandon is right. I do sound redundant when I say that. This is an interview special, and I am on the phone with an awesome voice actor, a most righteous dude. You may know him from such projects such as God of War, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, who is the voice of Eluso, One Punch Man is the voice of Amani Mask, Kyle and Carol in Tuesday, Part 2 on Netflix, Death Pierce and Seven Deadly Sins, and my personal favorite the reason why i started following this dude in the first place to do the best boy fight me on this one in fire emblem three houses ben lepley how are you good sir hey magna thanks for having me dude i really appreciate being here of course it is just it's just awesome to talk to um voice actors and people who play characters who i actually have a huge huge love even before when i started playing fire emblem and i first met to do and i picked the blue lion's house i'm i was like all right this guy, this guy is going to be my boy. I'm going to, because I, I mean, for those who don't know, Fire Emblem has a permadeath, um, has a permadeath, um, what you call it, mode in the game. And I was, the first time I played my first run of Fire Emblem, and also if you're wondering, minor spoilers for Fire Emblem, I've, I, me personally, I've only, I've completed my Blue Lions run, I'm in the middle of my Golden Deer run, I'm saving my Black Eagles run, and I did get the DLC. We're not going to talk about the DLC, because that just came out yesterday. <laughs> So we're only going to talk about stuff in the Blue Lions run. And if we do get into spoilers, we'll warn the, the audience and listeners about spoilers. So just just let you know there. And also the spoilers are going to be very, very minor, hopefully. But uh, what Wait, so you, you, you got the DLC yeah, the other I, day. I, I you did. said you haven't played it yet? I started I'm playing. excited. I, I started I'm excited playing to it. hear your thoughts I, on the Wolves. I started playing the DLC. I'm three chapters in the DLC. Got it. Okay. I started playing the DLC and then I went back to continue on my Golden Deer run. So I'm kind of like Perfect. jumping back and forth. I've already put nice. in 105 hours into Fire Emblem Three Houses. 86 of that's those. That's the thing, man. That's yeah. that's the thing. Like people people are people are committing to this game and I love it. There's so oh. much replayability. Mm -hmm. There's just so many routes you can take and oh, then yeah. like on each route there's just so many uh, there's so many just stories that just, I mean, it's like this in every Fire Emblem in terms of like the supports, but mm -hmm. in this particular uh, game, I just feel like it's so rich, oh, the yeah. amount of storytelling that's happening and just how uh, the, the relationships and the way they unfold, it's just fodder for you to just like, oh man, unpack the psyches of these oh, yeah. characters. And it just, it just translates into hours and hours and hours of gameplay. I yeah. love it. And trust me, we will get into that. So we'll save Fire Emblem until late. I feel like Fire Emblem is going to take up like half of this episode or more than that. <laughs> but first and foremost, yeah, but first and foremost, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ben, wow, that is going to be fun to say. <laughs> because your name's Ben, my name's Ben, all this is going to be fun. So it's a lot of Ben's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ben's are taking over the world now. It's great. Um, I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. First thing I want to ask you is how did you get into voice acting? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I always had an interest in voice acting. Uh, like I used to play a lot of computer games growing up. So I don't know. I don't know how familiar you are with like adventure games. Like uh, that was my like my lifeblood when mm -hmm. I was a kid. So are we, are we talking console? So we're talking PC games back in the say early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, like a lot of, uh, like Lucas, uh, arts, like, Ooh. like Dave, the tentacles okay. and Max hit the road. Okay. Those... Uh, and then my, the, the guys I spent the most time with was the Sierra family. So I was really, really into space quest, King's quest, quest for glory. Uh, -huh. uh I really loved, 
adventure games that just sort of told stories. So my, it's, it sounds really, really uh, pretentious, I think, to say this. And I don't, I don't mean it like this. I don't, I don't mean it to be pretentious. I'll put it this way. I mean this to sound really good without any uh, of the sort of pretentious overtones. Mm-hmm. But now that I've prefaced that statement with all of these warnings, I really believe that video games are the next step in the evolution of uh, literature and film. I know you can't so see us, I, but I have my arms up because I completely and one hundred percent agree. Yeah, good, 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 good. I, I, I'm so, I, I had a feeling you might be uh, on my on my team for this. Oh yeah. So like gr- growing up with those games, they were very mu- like they were very story driven. They were basically almost like interactive novels, right? When you when you kind of break down the gameplay of an adventure game. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's like it was. Uh, I just, I poured, you want to talk like hours of gameplay. I just poured hours into, into point and click. Okay. Stuff. okay. And, and what was cool was, uh, th- there was a time when, um, voices started to become, uh, more, more of a regular fixture in games like that. So, and, and it made a lot of sense because you kind of had a narrator in a lot of those games, the interface, like if you clicked, the eye icon on something, you get a big text box that explained what you were looking at. And it just sort of lent itself very naturally, almost like an audio book to having a narrator uh, like pop up and, and, and explain to you like the world around you. Mm-hmm. So there was this one game in particular that was called Space Quest 4, Roger Wilco and the Time Rippers. Okay. And Space, Space Quest was kind of a, it was a comedy uh, it was sci-fi, but it was very silly. It didn't take itself too seriously, and it was really self-aware. So in this one particular game, I just I played so much Space Quest Four because, like, in the game you could time travel, but you were actually traveling to sequels in the game series. Like, it was aware of the fact that it was a game series. Really? And you could travel, yeah, you could travel back in time to like the old game, like Space Quest One. So you'd see like the old graphics from oh, Space wow. Quest One, like the EGA graphics uh, of the of the first one in the series. Then you transfer, you uh, travel through time and go to like Space Quest Twelve, you know, mm-hmm. and like it was just it was it was incredibly creative and funny, and I, I felt like there wasn't really anything like it at so, the time. It, so in a way, it's kind of like how in a say uh, Halo the Anniversary, the Master Chief Collection for the Xbox uh, 360 and Xbox One, where you can switch between the original Xbox graphics and the new quote unquote HD. Graphics. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They they played into that as though like it was it was part of like the the graphics were part and parcel of like the timeline itself in which you, in which you lived in as this character. Mm-hmm. So like I was, that, that's just like my, in terms of comedy, that's, I was just like so blown away and tickled by that as a kid. And they had this great narrator. Normally, normally narrators for these games were like, uh, I think like Jonathan Reese Davies did it for like uh quest for glory four. And like that, they'd always get like a really good sort of like, deep voiced, like, you know, like uh, a little bit romantic or adventurous, sort of like traditional audio book narrator. But Space Quest 4 had Gary Owens, who is this hilarious, hilarious voice actor. Uh, And he really had a voice that was like kind of like a little bit cheesy radio announcer. Uh It's like you you would like click on the eye like on on a skyline, right? And he'd be like, "It's a city." Like it wasn't it wasn't like the the sort of like it's a city. It's like it's a city, mm-hmm. and, and like you could there was a tongue icon, so you could like taste things, and a nose icon, so you could smell things. 
And like there was like a level where you like you would go into a sewer in this game. Oh wow! And you could click you could click the tongue icon on like pipes. Oh. And Gary Gary Owens would be like, "Do you really want to lick that, Roger?" Or he <laughs> it, 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 he'd be like, "You know, the slime has a nice crusty overtime." Like it was just it was so funny, and it just got me rolling when I was a kid. And I would start to emulate his voice, and I just like I would start saying things around the house, like you know, uh. I like I would pet the dog, right? And I'd be like, "The dog is fuzzy, Roger. You just want to keep petting it all day." Like my family is like, "What are you? What is this? Right? Like what, what is happening right now?" But like that was my first sort of experience with like, "Oh, there's like there's voices in games, and oh. it's it's kind of a new thing, and they're good." You know what I mean? It was like a lot of times like the incidental characters would be like sort of covered by like the the production uh team or what like the, the coders and, and like the game developers uh-huh. but like usually that narrator was like somebody really interesting uh or in this case hilarious and that just really resonated with me as a kid so in that moment i was kind of like okay like I, I i don't have a terrible voice and i'm funny and like I feel like a lot of people who do this work they were really inspired by like you know like cartoons or, or something in that vein. And for me, it really truly was video games. And it was that odd, oddly sort of specific subset of video games that got me really turned on to the idea of this. And then when I started playing like LucasArts games like Day of the Tentacle and Sam and Max Hit the Road, that's like everybody was voiced by just like just incredible casts of characters. And that's when it was sort of like, oh, okay, now I really like, just as a kid, I didn't quite know what I was grasping yet. Mm-hmm. But I was having so much fun with it and be, and getting so immersed in the storytelling. And I was realizing kind of without realizing it that it was like, oh, performance, acting performance really elevates this art form to a new level. Uh, so it's not just sort of a series of, you know, r- like responses to stimuli. It's like you're actually really immersing yourself in like an interactive world. It's like an yeah. interactive storybook. And like the acting is, is so important. So like that was always just in the back of my head, uh, like like from a very young age when I started playing these games that uh, I didn't know what it looked like. Mm-hmm. But the idea was there that maybe this was something that a person could make a living at. And if so, any opportunity that would present itself would be something that I was going to go after. Man, I'm not going to lie. That story is just to me, it's just so awesome because I remember when I was a kid and like mm-hmm. when you were playing those computer games, when I was playing I was because back when I was younger, I had an old Windows 95 computer. And yeah. the one game that I was just glued to was Sonic CD. Sonic's my, if you yeah. listen to the podcast, you know that, uh, that oh, yeah, Ben's the, the biggest Sonic fan we know. Uh, I remember uh-huh. seeing the animation for Sonic CD the first time. I lost my mind. And I was in kindergarten when this thing came out. And besides mm-hmm. Sonic CD, my parents will also, for some reason, let me play Doom. Right, right, <laughs> which totally. Is, which probably isn't something you should let your uh, young kid play, especially when he's in kindergarten and your, his brother is in preschool. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> that didn't that didn't stop you. No, it did not. Well, hey, they let me play it. They're like, ah, they know it's fake. It's fine. And, yeah. But what I, what I wish is because those games, they didn't have a whole lot of voice acting. I mean, Sonic, the Sonic CD had... Um, yes, it had singing in the opening animation, but the rest of the game, no voice acting. I think the first time I really heard voice acting in video games as a whole was much later when the PlayStation when the PlayStation came out when I got that. 
So unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, why I first because I was watching cartoons when I was a kid, I would I'll be every time my mom gave me a carrot, I always try to do my best Mel Blanc in the impersonation, going, "Yeah, what's up, Doc?" Because <laughs> Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, and Roadrunner were my personal favorites. So just hearing yeah. you. Um, essentially your origin story of like, hey, I love these computer games as a kid and there's voices in them. I want to do that. That's that to me is like, dang it, younger me, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> I love it, dude. Well, it's, it's funny you say Sonic CD too because mm-hmm. it's like even that, like the time travel element, that's oh, a yeah. good example even of like, oh, that's a subtle thing that's yeah. like optional and ab- doesn't need to be uh, uh, doesn't need to be completed to finish the game. But it's like that, even that, that's like a storytelling element right there. Oh, yeah. And you also, know, if you so want the good... Like, even, oh, sorry, I was oh, going go ahead, go ahead. to say, if you want the good ending, you need to use that t- that time travel element, which right. uh, yeah. six-year-old me had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and I love that, too. I love having to kind of discover all of that on your own. Like, it, the back when, like, Easter eggs, when you really tripped and fell into one, like, oh, yeah. it was... Oh man, it, it was it was so mind blowing to be like, wow, this is something that if you really break down all the copies sold of this game, like what I just found, like a fraction of a percentage, like of people have probably seen this. Yeah, because like I've spent so much time with this game, and now I feel like this is really a reward for really having an eagle eye, like with my surroundings, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, and and like and adventure games are loaded with that too, like. Not not truly like fully fleshed out like like side quests or whatever, but there were just little uh, like a really fun example. And I'm sorry to geek out on oh, Quest no. for Glory. Please, because please. It's, I don't know I don't know how many of your listeners have ever played a Quest for Glory game. I've n- I've never played it, but really... please geek out by all means. If you well, if you got the time, I, geek I out as much as you want. There's there's just so many like uh, little background elements in that series of games. And it's like they, th- I, I believe the developers uh, were like D and D players, oh. so like they were really all about lore and like yeah. world building. So like you, there was there's this one uh, like magical uh, like university basically. If mm-hmm. you choose to be the wi- a wizard character, so you basically go to a, it's called WIT, like a, a joke on MIT obviously, but mm-hmm. WIT, and it's the, the, <laughs> I think the wizard wizards technical institute or whatever, uh, and you. Basically, you're in this big hallway. It's like the, the main hall of the of the Wizards College, and there's all these paintings on the wall of famous wizards. And you can actually like you take out your eye icon and you look at all of these different pictures, and they're they're like referencing wizards that appear in games down the line. Mm-hmm. They reference like a shopkeeper that has magical abilities from the first game. And I remember the first time I did that, and I was like, oh my god, these portraits! It's like they literally took the time to like code a big chunk of text on each one of these and like, and, and like connect the dots for game sequels that they probably didn't even know if they were ever going to be completed or not. I love and it. It's when like that, that's, those, that. those little elements to me used to just like those little, like, like commitments to continuity and, and really like, and, and putting the effort into building the world of a game mm-hmm. to which you would see the world of a, like a novel or like, like a sci-fi book series or whatever being developed that used to like just warm the cockles of my heart. Cause I was like, yes, it's being taken as seriously by the creators as, as like, as 
as like literature, right? Yeah. Uh, that that just used to that just used to really get my juices going. My goodness, you are speaking my entire bloody language right now. <laughs> I, I mean, to 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 kind of um to reference what you were talking about, I remember when I was when I got Sonic Mania for the first time. I'm playing through that game. Yeah. I got to the Mirage Saloon zone, and on the second yeah. act of Mirage Saloon. There's a um, wanted posters of Knack the Weasel, Bean the Duck, and Bark the Polar Bear. Yeah, and totally. I'm freaking the frack out because those. I mean, diehard Sonic fans will know those characters from the Triple Trouble Game Gear games, from the Tales right, Game Gear right. games, and from the old Archie comic books that's now discontinued. No, mm-hmm. a lot of um, what we call in the show Casey Casuals. We we use that term endearing. We're not trying to put anyone down. If you're a Casey sure. Casual, that's totally mm-hmm. fine. But a lot of people would be like, who are these random characters in this in this Sonic game? It's like, I know these guys. So seeing that diehard fans, the developers of Sonic Media, put these deep cuts in games just makes me... You should see my face when I played Doom 2016, and I found the secret um, retro level for oh, my, I love my, it. my first one. And I'm like, it had the music and everything. I'm like, no bloody way they actually did it this is so freaking cool i i just love I actually it. remember like i remember even seeing in like mario odyssey like the, oh. the mario the mario 64 skin oh. i remember actually like i remember kind of like i te- i teared up a little bit when i saw it because i was like oh my god like they we're at a we're at a place now in society where like we're, we're actually trying to get it it's like this is just like uh, i can't quite put it into words but seeing that version of that that sort of those those chunky uh shapes the, that the comprise N64 that scene, character yeah. and it just shoots you back to that moment it's like yeah this is starting to well not starting it's 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 a multi-billion dollar industry but it's yeah. like we're like we're, we're understanding more than ever or accepting more than ever that these characters and their stories uh like they 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 mean something yeah. very deep to the people who love them. And I, I guess like maybe it's because I grew up in a time where it's like the validity of like, I mean, you, you couldn't write like a, a thesis about like the story of a game, right? Mm-hmm. It would be more about like the psychological effects. Oh yeah. And now it's like, no, like, like games are being accepted as, uh, as, as really as rich narratives oh, yeah. and being celebrated for that. And it's like, I'm just so happy we've gotten to this place. Oh yeah. I've, uh, se- I've seen memes. I'm sorry to cut you off. I I've seen memes no, no, online of, um, like obviously people are still throwing the argument of, Oh, video games cause violence. Video games do X, Y, and Z. But a lot of people, but us, us, thankfully, a lot of those who play video games and those who love them say, are speaking up saying, no, these have, deep stories these have deep character moments these have themes that mm-hmm. shakespearean themes sometimes um sure. a youtuber i follow the shout out to the completionist he once did a seven part like master thesis style um videos video series on the story of final fantasy 7 mm. and a bunch of other people just can just gush about the stories and games like us personally we it's luckily still up on our um on our uh, channel or on our um on our episodes, if you want to go back and listen to it, is we did a whole discussion of God of War, the 2018's God of War. Mm, nice. Oh yeah, we was well, speaking of which. You're in that game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not very much, but uh, it was so cool to do it, and they were the best. They were oh. so nice, like the team that worked on it. It was mm-hmm. so impressive to. It was the first time I, I went into that studio, and 
it was just uh, I, I played a bunch of different characters. Uh, uh-huh. I was like, I think the uh, the Hellwalkers, maybe. Uh, oh, oh, so, or, so unfortunately, I, remember, I killed you. I remember a few times, being. I? I remember being an ice zombie, and uh, and then I was. There, I'm also a bandit or two. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a scene where uh, I think you get sort of trapped in like a like an old arena or something. Oh, and yeah. they're talking about trying to get like fresh meat or something. And I think I'm one of those bandits. It's been a minute, but uh, yeah, I remember that was, I mean, talk about like narratives and games. Like that mm-hmm. was, uh, that that's like, I, I think that woke a lot of people up to the idea of like, Oh my God, like, you know, this is a story about like a father and son, mm-hmm. like learning, like uh, how to not be estranged. And it's uh, obviously the gameplay is amazing, but it's like fundamentally, this is just a story about like about what it means to be a dad. Oh, I'll straight up like, admit oh, that yes, I cried. We're getting there. We're getting there, guys. I love it. I will straight up admit that I cried on the ending of that game. That game made sure. me feel the feels hard. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but also I kind of feel bad because I probably killed you in some of those games. Like, uh, oh, you killed, oh, you killed me, you yeah, killed me. But, I, uh, <laughs> I think when I, I think when I tweeted that I was in it, I was like looking for some. I was like, I don't want to just do like a picture of a, a monster. So I think I found one of uh, of the monster getting obliterated. Oh. and uh, so I, I guarantee, I guarantee that you've given me a really grisly end in that probably, probably. once or twice. Well, funny story, real quick. Uh, going jumping ahead to Fire Emblem, uh, we actually sure. interviewed a colleague of yours, Ted Sroka, who did additional oh, cool. voices. On oh, cool! I love Ted. Yeah, he, um, he, um, he I met him at LA Comic Con once because he voiced Mega Man in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah. And uh, when I saw his name in the credits, I tweeted at him. I was like, "Oh my god, dude! I did not know you're in this game." And he tweets back at me saying, "Yeah, you probably killed me a lot." I'm like, "No, yeah. <laughs> I feel terrible now." Why would you do that? He's- no, no, no. It's good. It's good. You see, see, we're all we're all narcissists, so we love hearing our work. Uh-huh. So, like, kill us more because that means that that our the, our audio files are getting played more frequently. And uh, yeah, we don't want those screams to go to waste. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean now, otherwise, I-, I mean, why why do it? Yeah, I mean, uh, actually, I-, I have a. It's so funny, Ted. I met him last year for the first time. We, really? we have a mutual friend who's a really good animator uh-huh. and he was screening a bunch of stuff at this really cool open air, like, like screening area downtown. And I was down there kind of bopping around, killing time. And I saw somebody with a, a hat, a baseball hat on, and it had the <laughs> God eater three font. Mm-hmm. And it said like male voice, like number 18. And I was like, wait a minute. And like my brain saw the font and registered it, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Wait, ma- male player voice?" At I walked up to him. I was like, "I'm sorry, are you one of the custom male voices in in God Eater Three? He's like, "Yeah." You see my hat? I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "I'm like male custom voice number nine, or I don't remember what number I am, but yeah. I, I was like, I'm, "I'm male custom voice, whatever." And he's like, "So am I." And it was like, it was so funny. He is. He's made these hats for people. That just basically all the all the custom voices that just has like the number at the end of it in the oh. font and it is they're like they're so funny. That is uh, cool. so he's he's such a he's a really he's a really hilarious creative dude. I'm very fond of Ted. He, he is an awesome person. I I I'm pretty sure I'm, it's safe for me to say that he is a friend of the show. We still talk every once we still tweet oh, each other great. every once in a while. I I enjoy talking with him. He found me at at LA Comic Con when I was cosplaying as Mega Man. And I'm like oh. nice. I oh, that's awesome, I was dude. so happy. All right. Uh, I actually do have. Oh man, I got a lot of questions for you. So 
obviously you've voiced video games and also you're you've done voice acting in anime so what i want to know is what's the difference between voice acting in games compared to anime and in your opinion which is the easier one? Oh, okay uh good question well i think obviously anime is dubbing so you're doing uh-huh. stuff to picture and you're doing stuff to time mm-hmm. uh i think it's kind of fun it's like I've, i have a hard time comparing it to all right rather i have a hard time finding a comparable experience uh to dubbing it's like when you're explaining it to people it's a little bit like um you know obviously you have to be you have to act right but it's also like you have to it's like timing and and rhythm and cadence is is a consideration so i think i like dubbing as much as i do because i have a a lot of music in my background Mm -hmm. and when i'm given like a dubbing script and there and like you watch you watch like a preview right usually in the original language and you're kind of reading along with your script during that preview it's kind of fun for me because you can see where to put in, you know, hitches or breaths. And to me, that's just sort of like music, right? It's like finding, finding rhythmically, like how to deliver this. Uh, I think with video games, it's a little bit more, I I mean, obviously there's dubbing in games as well. Like Mm -hmm. if there's cinematics, you might have to dub the picture for that. Uh, I think with games, generally my experience, and I can only speak for myself, I've had a little bit more freedom in video games in terms of I'm not doing it as much to picture. So mm-hmm. you might have to keep it within a certain time limit, but you're not trying to sort of uh, match it to the lips as it were. Okay. So, uh, so it, that's, that's the more technical uh, uh, difference, I guess. Uh, aside from that, it's just all acting. Okay. You know, it's really, they're actually very similar in that, in the respect that you're just, you're just being your best actor okay. and you're looking at the scene and you're trying to get a grasp of what's going on and you're trying to make choices and uh, you're trying to have a point of view. Uh, you're, tr- you're not just doing it to sound a certain way, but you're actually really trying to access what is going on with that person's worldview at the moment and, and what they're feeling and what their intentions are. Mm-hmm. So like in that, and from the performative sense, it's really, really, really similar. It's more the technical difference of whether you're, uh, whether you're uh, matching or, uh, or not. Um, I think too, the other thing obviously that happens video games quite a bit is you do sort of efforts. So I love efforts. I've always been a a big fan of doing them. I don't know why I just find it really cathartic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like the idea of having like a list of like, okay, uh, big punch, little punch, medium punch, then you get hit in the face, then you get hit in the stomach, then you get electrocuted. (laughs) I just think it's, I just think it's fun. I've done a lot of improv in my life. So uh-huh. like it kind of feels like an improv game to me where you're just kind of like people are just throwing really quick scenarios at you and you have to be, you have to be really big and you have to commit, right? Well, you don't always have to be really big, but you always have to commit like 110%. Right. And not feel, not feel silly or embarrassed. Just go for it and do it and believe the reality of what's happening. So it's sort of like, okay, now you're punched. Okay. Now you're kicked. Okay. Now you're decapitated. Okay. Now you're kicking. Okay. Now you're punching. Okay, now you're decapitated. It's just sort of like it's this really fun exercise, I think, of uh, uh, just sort of like being really present, really in the moment, and just and just believing and going full throttle. Uh, in terms of like a preference, I don't know. Uh, I again, I love doing games just because I I think I play more games than I watch anime, and I do watch anime, but uh-huh. I think in terms of in terms of weighing the two, I probably am just a little bit more plugged into the world of games. Okay. So like, 
I don't know. I, I, I suppose my preference might be to go there, but ultimately it's like I said before, it's just, it's all just acting. Right. So like any opportunity I have to, uh, get to be a character and get to do my homework as an actor, I'm, I'm happy. Okay. So you said earlier when you do dubs for anime, you actually get to hear the original voice actor. Is that the same for right. when you do video games or do you have to, or is it just all off the top of your head? Uh, I've I've had it both ways. I've okay. I've heard the original. Uh, if it if it's like a game that's being dubbed, I've I've heard the original voice sometimes. Uh, sometimes I haven't. Uh, but when it is sort of previewed, it's a very similar experience to anime dubbing in that you're you're hearing it first and then you're sort of uh, making your. And, and, and uh, I'll say this too. I mean, it, it always depends like on what the director and what the team is looking for. Like sometimes it's literally just played for timing. Sometimes it's played a little bit more for performative inspiration, but it's, yeah, it's just like, there's, there's no hard and fast rule. It really kind of comes down to the specific project and, and what they're looking for and what they're looking to accomplish. Rad. Um, in terms of anime or even if video games too, if you want to throw all your video game roles in as well, do you currently sure. have a favorite role that you've done or are they all your babies and you can't just choose one? Uh, it's tough. Uh, you you spend a lot of time with them. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounded insane. I'm referring to them as real people. Yeah. But no, you just you you get close to them and their stories. And uh, I don't know if I have one favorite. I know it's kind of a cop out answer, mm-hmm. but like I know that like with like for example, on my mask, like I just love being that guy like Uh because that's not really who i am in real life at all so it's really fun for me to just be like ultra confident and just very understated oh yeah and and very superior right and just look down (laughs) my nose at everybody like i just i like he just oozes all of that stuff and it's just it's like it's such a treat right oh yeah and uh you know, like um, I, I think with like Shezo, like from Puyo Puyo Tetris, he's he's got a little bit of that Gary Owens quality that I kind of mentioned earlier, where he's everything. He's a little bit oblivious and a little bit announcery and a little bit bigger and sillier. And then with like Dadu, he's you know he Dadu's fun because he's like he, there's so many layers to him in terms of like oh everybody sees him as this really stern. Uh, stoic, inaccessible person, but underneath it all, he's he's got a really rich uh, history and background, mm-hmm. full of tragedy, and he's uh, he's he's much more tender than a, than anyone would would uh, gather at first glance. So there's a lot to unpack with him. So yeah, it's just like I, they all kind of let you access a different part of yourself, I mm-hmm. think, uh, and that's the real fun. Is just sort of like. That, like looking at a character that might not be who you are, obviously, but like saying, okay, what what in me resonates with this person? And is this something that I don't get to express on a regular basis? Can it be even a little bit cathartic for me to go there for this person? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that like maybe not one favorite, but those three that I just listed are, are three big fun ones for me because it's just like I get to sort of put out a piece of myself that I normally wouldn't be able to. Oh, I, I totally get you. I, I come from a theater background. I was in theater in high sure. school and in college, and I've always had more fun playing the villain than anything else. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, I always pick villain, always. Every but every time. time I would go to Disneyland with my friends, I'd be humming, like, be prepared, or I would try to sing uh, Poor yeah. Unfortunate Souls, and my friends are all yeah. looking at me like, well, uh, but Ben, you're not a bad guy. I'm like, I know, but it's fun to play them. 
<laughs> oh, it really is. It really is. It's, uh, I just, <laughs> I love villains. I love playing villains. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I, I also just, I mean, this is, this is literally, I think every interview with an actor that's ever played a villain ever, they say this, but mm -hmm. so I, <laughs> this is a very, very unoriginal, very not hot take. But obviously, also, if you're playing a villain, well, they they don't think they're the villain. They think they're in the right. Yeah. So and that's kind of fun, too, because it's like, all right, like, yeah, my mask. Like, he's not I guess he's really a villain, but he's sort of has villain-esque tendencies. But it, it's for him. It's like it's fun because it's like, yeah, I get to go to the point of view of like, oh, all these other heroes are idiots. They're they're they're, they're morons. They're, mm -hmm. they're ruining everything. And they have absolutely no class. And I'm just exhausted Right. I'm just exhausted by them. And it's like, that's fun because it's like, OK, how am I justifying this very uh, negative behavior? And uh, I, I, I appreciate that about villains. It's, uh, it's sort of working it around and, and making it come from a more realistic place. But again, this is literally everyone who's ever played a bad guy in their life is like that's that's like like the the uh, uh, first chapter of the bad guy instruction manual. I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's like you are not in your eyes. You are not the villain. Everyone else is the exactly. villain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's not. He doesn't think he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. We we get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you, dude. There, uh, I I given the choice, uh, I go bad guy. But uh, obviously, every every part is fun in its own way, mm -hmm. and I I say no to nothing. Okay. Now, the moment I've been waiting for. Yeah. We're gonna dive. So, audience, we're gonna dive deep into Fire Emblem. Like I said in the beginning, very minor spoilers. I've, like I said, I've only done my blue lines. I've only completed the blue lines run. I'm before the time skip of my golden deer run, and I'm three chapters into the Ashen Wolves DLC. So we're not mm. obviously we're not gonna spoil everything, but just keep in mind if you're totally. I mean, luckily this game has been out since July, so there has been quite a lot of time for people to play through it. Like some people have played all 200 plus hours before the DLC came out, and they know everything. So just keep in mind, audience, a few Fire Emblem spoilers ahead, but this is going to be some very fun topics we're going to talk about. So um, uh, so you know, obviously you've played video games before, but have you been or were you familiar with the Fire Emblem series before you got the role of Dudu? Yes. So I, uh, I had an advance uh, when I was growing up. Uh-huh. And I actually played a lot of actually Advanced Wars. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved I loved Advanced Wars. It was basically, I, I I'm I'm oversimplifying the story, but basically, like when you're growing up and you, you you're buying one game at a time, it's sort of like I think it, it as I boil it down, I kind of had the opportunity to either get Sacred Stones or uh -huh. to get Advanced Wars, and uh -huh. I kind of went the Advanced Wars route, and so like I was very familiar with that style of gameplay. But I didn't really like actively play Fire Emblem growing up. However, mm -hmm. I was very familiar with it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was just. Ex just no, a, oh, go, go no, ahead. I Brian. was gonna say I was the exact same way because my first tactics game that I ever played was actually Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Yeah, and yep. I wanted to get Fire Emblem because I watched a show called X Play and they reviewed it. They said it was like a really great GBA game, and the fact yep. that Permadeath was in it um, right. piqued my interest. But unfortunately, I loved. I loved that concept. I loved the concept yeah. of permadeath because it was like the. I even as a kid, I remember being like, "Oh wow, the stakes are so high, oh, and yeah. this would really make this would really make the game matter." And then because I was such a continuity and narrative nut, mm -hmm. I was also like, "Oh, how would the game change 
if like a character, if a really important character died. Oh, like yeah. I, I want to see like how characters unfold differently as you move forward. Uh, yeah, it was really just an issue of bandwidth growing up. You know, like yeah. I only had I only had so much time. Oh, to I, play games and and it. after Advance Wars, I got uh I got into um, uh, Golden Sun, oh. and that was that that kind of ate up the remainder. No, yeah, you you just uh, between those two. Sorry, you just you just uh, reminded me of two games that I've been winding because Advance Wars. I played Advance Wars, um, uh, Fog of War for the Nintendo DS. That was the first cop time yeah. I got my hands on it. And like for Fire Emblem, I'll straight up say my first Fire Emblem game was Fire Emblem Awakening through the 3DS. Because every time I went right. to the, I went to like my Best Buy or a GameStop, and I was looking for a Fire Emblem game, they didn't have it, or at least they they, ah. they had it pre pre owned, but the price was just jacked up to the point where like, well, I can't spend that much money. I only have twenty bucks, and this game is thirty five. I have to go somewhere else then. Because unfortunately, right. with the with Fire Emblem, I I feel like Fire Emblem it had a cult following in the United States. Until Awakening, because yes, totally. when Awakening came out, everyone played it. It just boomed. Yeah. It exploded. Mm-hmm. And now those older Fire Emblem games, now when I see them at, I follow a few used um, or pre-owned game stores or retro video game stores on my mm-hmm. Instagram. And every time they pop up, they're like, hey, we got a copy of Fire Emblem. Hey, we got a copy of Advance Wars. I'm like, yeah, how much... I'm like staring at my I'm like staring at my bank account like, can I do this? You gotta get your fix. You gotta oh, get yeah. your fix, dude. Oh yeah, but of course I already have a huge backlog of games just staring me just staring me down, like, uh, excuse me, you wanna go play us first? I know. You know, that's that's the tough thing. It's like uh I just, I just I wish time wasn't a factor. Uh-huh. I, I wish I had all the time in the world to because I, I, I love playing and the older I get and the more I end up you know, working and, and committing to other creative projects mm-hmm. and life and so on and so forth. It's just, it, it gets harder and harder to carve up the time, but it's oh, important. You know, it's, bro. uh, I, uh, actually a couple of years ago, um, I, I randomly, I was at one of those used game stores and I randomly just bought an old PS one. Cause like for years it had been on my list to play symphony of the night. And every year I was like, finally night. Is this the year I finally do it? Yeah. And uh, and I and I just I, it was around Christmas time. I think it was like 2015. And I just was like, you know what? I, if I if I don't just put my foot down and commit to it, as mm-hmm. though I were reading a book that mm-hmm. I really want to read, I'm not going to do it. And it was such a gratifying experience to like just budget the time to play it mm-hmm. and to just sort of and and to do it all. You know, to to find the succubus and do the flashback uh with with lisa like to really play it from top to bottom and like that's the thing i just need to be able to i need to be able to budget the time for games and when i look at even something like three houses it's like god i want to do this oh but it's just it's like it's you know it's hundreds of hours and then it becomes a real symphony of the night situation where i just it's sort of like an itch in the back of my mind where it's like when are you gonna do it when are you gonna carve the time out when are you going to carve the time out? So I'm glad you. I'm glad you're doing that uh, because you are being rewarded for that with the with a really rich uh, narrative experience as a result. Oh yeah, like with with games like um, like Fireman Three Houses or um, even uh, multi path games where you have to do different runs to see different outcomes of the game. Those are the mm-hmm. I enjoy those games a lot. But there are times where I play those games and I know what happens. Like with Fireman Three Houses, I know what happens after the time skip or what makes the time skip happen. 
And when I see those characters, like through my Golden Deer run, I'm looking at certain characters, not going to say who, but let's just say I'm... I like talk to myself or I'm talking at them and I'm just like cursing them out every time I see them. <laughs> Not you, obviously. You got that connection. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. I, know, I know what happened. I mean, obviously, when I play that playthrough, I will, I'll be like, okay, maybe I could get a little bit more context. But at the same time, I'm like, Urgh. right. Yeah. Right, I mean, right, right. I, you were mentioning trying to find the time and speaking of time. Um, obviously, Fire Emblem Three Houses, ginormous game. Even without the DLC content in there, that yeah. game is over two hundred plus hours. If you go do all four playthroughs, how long did it take for you to record all those lines? Because every, I mean, as we said earlier, and those who don't know, Fire Emblem has a support system where every character can have these multiple support conversations with other characters, your the protagonist and side characters, and those must that must have taken weeks or months of work so how long did it take you to record every single line of dialogue for to do uh actually it's it's pretty manageable because you're doing it independently of each other i would imagine if you were actually recording your scenes together it would be a little bit more of a production oh so you didn't do it with um any actors else in the room sorry say again oh you so you didn't record your lines with anyone else in the room no, uh-uh. oh, okay. so that that actually allows you to streamline it a little bit. Okay. But yeah, it still was a lot of lines. Uh, it was just hours and hours and hours. Uh, so, but I'm trying to. Hmm. I can't. I can't really. I can't really remember like a like a an honest total. But I know I was in and out quite a bit. And one of the cool things was they were really smart mm-hmm. about uh, structuring the um the the pre-time skip and post-time skip stuff separately okay so it was really nice because you were able to go do all of your sort of academy phase stuff first yeah and that that took a while because there's a lot there but then you were almost like i i don't know if this was just me or with other actors as well but it felt like i actually got kind of a little break uh and then i came back to record post-time skip not like not like five years later but Uh like you know like there was there was a there was a a definite gap between those recordings. Right. And I loved that because it, it just was like, Oh cool. Let's like listen to some of the old files for reference. And then it's like, that feels like, even if it was like a week or two weeks ago, it feels like a long time ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you're, you're sort of referencing uh, who that person was during that time. But then you're like moving forward and it feels like a really fresh set of sessions. Uh, and that allows you to kind of like, honor the pre-time skip but then like really really get your mind uh squared away with where that person is now okay following the time jump yeah rad rad um so what was the audition process like for uh to do it was pretty straightforward uh i uh basically just went in and uh read for him and Uh a couple other characters and i'm sorry i don't remember what the other characters were hey Uh, that's totally fine now i'm really beating myself up because i'm like who who else did i read for and i I literally can't remember uh but no it was it was great i just i remember uh the sides were really fun and interesting and uh it was quick you know it wasn't it wasn't a super deep dive or anything but um i feel like you definitely got a lot of the different uh uh sort of shades of to do if you will like Mm -hmm. pretty pretty quickly and efficiently and then i think if i remember correctly it was i didn't hear about it for a while and i just kind of forgot about it uh and i and i also didn't i don't think i knew it was a fireman game either so i just sort of went in and read for something and that happens a lot. You know, you just kind of read for stuff and you 
just sort of once you're done auditioning, you're like, it's really on to the next, right? Okay, yeah. And it's just, it's way easier to do that, I think, with voiceover too, because uh, it's just sort of like, you know, you're not get you're not getting off book, you're not like getting camera ready, you're not like uh, sometimes, uh, and I I don't remember if this was the case or not with this particular game, but a lot of times you're if you have to go in for something, you're doing it not necessarily as a cold read, but you're getting the stuff day of. Okay. So it's just like, it's easier. I think with voiceover when you're finished with it to be like, that was fun. Like I had fun doing that, but like now it's on to the next thing. Yeah. As opposed to like my on camera days where where it's sort of like, I spent a week memorizing this and (laughs) doing blocking. Right. And then I like, I bought a shirt. I bought a shirt to wear to it, to, to the audition. And then, then you're thinking about it over and over again. And then it's like with voiceover, it's it's just everything's faster. Yeah. So it's easier to be like, that was awesome. And then it's kind of like, wait, what was that? <laughs> so that's why, like, uh, uh, I, I think, like, uh, when I heard back, I was like, oh, cool. Like, and then and, and remind me, what was this for? Like, what, what did I audition for this? What was this again? It's just it's uh, it's kind of a different world in that respect. Yeah. Okay. Uh and then I had done I had done two other Fire Emblem things before this. I had Ooh. done uh, Shadows of Valencia and oh. uh, um, Heroes. I had that game. Uh, I yeah, have, beforehand. I, I have a so, Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valencia. I had that game. Yeah, yeah. I have it's, it. it's an awesome game. Uh, so yeah, I, I had uh, I had sort of been in the in the world, if you will, before, and uh, I was always struck, even though, you know, I, I certainly obviously smaller parts than to do, but mm-hmm. I was really struck with just, you know, the lore and oh, just yeah. the, the attention to detail about like the history of the land. And, you know, even if you're, I mean, I think I was like in shadows, I think I was like a couple of boss characters, but even that it was like, they definitely had like, they had, like backstories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was just, uh, I remember every time I'd go in for a fire emblem thing, it was always a very like rewarding experience because, it was obvious that the story was super important, no matter yeah. how big or small your character was. Oh, so yeah. then when I found out that this was Fire Emblem and I got I was going to get to be a bigger character for Three Houses, mm-hmm. I was really floored because, I, you know, as I've as we just talked about, like story is so important to me. And I was like, oh, man, it's, ugh, for story, it really doesn't get much better than this series, uh, especially for like an SRPG. So yeah. uh, I just yeah, I was I was really floored when I found out what it was yeah definitely during my blue lions run i was just engrossed in the story i cared i cared about all these characters and i was i whenever i play a fire emblem game for the first time this is the true when i first played um awakening the first time because i knew about permadeath i set permadeath on and when i started playing my blue lions run i may have abused my divine pulse every once in a while (laughs) because i made damn sure every single member of my blue lions house survived I freaking right. fell in love with all those characters, and now to get through the rest of the game, uh, well, my Golden Deer run specifically, I'm doing normal casual because now I'm just like, okay, I just want to just plow through the story, and I think I'm gonna up the difficulty and put um and put permadeath back on for my nice. um Black Eagles run. Oh sweet! I, well, because I, I kind of want to challenge as I'm playing through my Golden Deer, I'm like, man, I am way over too overpowered for some of these fights. This is yeah, easy. like I, the, again, the permadeath thing. It's just sort of like it gets the hair standing up on the back of your neck, yeah. and like it, it makes your palms sweaty in a way that like I haven't had, I have not quite had that experience with I mean with other series to that degree where it's mm-hmm. like this is life yeah. or death. Oh yeah, so, I mean, and obviously, obviously, this is a this is a spoiler warning. But then, uh-huh. of course, I then have to ask you: uh-huh. Did you do uh, the paralog, or did you have to backtrack oh, after no. the time skip? Oh, I did paralog. 
I, I, I knew, um, luckily for, with my experience from both, uh, unfortunately I have not finished um, Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valencia, but I have finished um, Fire Emblem, um, whatchamacallit, Awakening. I did Awakening, yeah. and also I was right in the middle. Of, I beat Fire Emblem Fates Conquest, and I'm in the middle of my Birthright run, and then I was going to get by the DLC for for the other Fates run, but then I kind of moved on to other video games. Because mm-hmm. um, Fire Emblem just takes so much time. As, yeah. as great as these games are, those fi- I remember my first DLC run for the Ashen Wolves. One fight, it was the... Um, a little spoiler warning, It's a, you have to get a very certain chalice. I think it's like a chapter ah. three. That fight took me 45 minutes to an hour to complete. I love that, though. I love, I love like actually having to set up like food and drink in my home and being like, all right, this is we're we're at like we're in the war room right now. Yeah. Like nobody's nobody's going anywhere. This I, this battle, yeah. we cannot leave till it's done. And like there's there's your meal and like you work this out. You work this math problem out from start to finish uh-huh. and you don't leave till it's done. I, I I don't know. That's a really that's a fun mentality to me. Uh and uh yeah it's i feel like i think fire emblem really has that mentality in spades oh yeah definitely but going back to your original question once again minor spoiler spoiler warning um every time when i was playing three houses a paralogue popped up i made sure to do it because i knew after playing awakening after playing fates um obviously a new character is going to pop up or there's going to be some important story elements and i will not lie because once again spoiler warning for blue lions only post time skip to do is is presumed dead which hurt my soul. And then Gilbert yes. took the... Because I had to do as my Fortress Knight, and Gilbert took that role, which is totally fine. Gilbert's a totally cool character. I really like him. I love how him and Annette have the, the father-daughter um, thing and how he has his whole honor bound. Like, oh, I failed my family, so how can I face my family? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you idiot, get back home, you dumbass. And then <laughs> when I played the paralogue, because this, at this point, Dimitri is still also props. To, shout out to Chris Hackney. He did an amazing job as Dimitri. Yeah, he did. And Chris course, killed it, dude. Yeah, I unfortunately had not had the pleasure of meeting him yet. Like, because when I met you in Anime Impulse, his line was just, eh, that's really long. Yeah, um, totally. As and, it should be. Yeah. He's a, like, like, Chris is another one where, like, I don't know, man, certain scenes, uh, you know, Chris, Chris makes my eyes water like oh, in yeah. that role. Like he's, he is, uh, he is so, so talented. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there's a better choice for Dimitri. I really don't. Oh no. Like when I saw, when I saw Dimitri the first time, when you get, when your character, when Byleth gets, comes out of the time skip and I saw Dimitri long hair, eye patch, yeah. my, the first words out of my mouth were, my boy, what happened to you? And then, <laughs> what did they do to my yeah. boy? Yeah, yes, what did they do absolutely. to my boy? And then when Dudu yep. finally comes up in that paralogue battle, I was playing this at 3 o'clock in the morning. My work hours are very messed up. So whenever I have time to play, I play it. My girlfriend is asleep. And when did when Dudu just showed up, battle scarred, fortress night up, ready to, ready to rumble, I arms were in the air. I was, I was like, silent cheering like whisper chain going yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, but i was like my boy the dude yep. is back because he back, had, baby because he was my tank he was my yes. frontline tank against a bunch of axe wielders and sword wielders and every right. time i saw magicians i'm like okay put him on the opposite side of that because he can't handle that yeah totally it's kryptonite yeah. I, it's it's funny in the week the game came out i was like i would just hop on twitter and I was like, I want to do a social experiment. 
And I want to watch all the people who are going to like play through the Blue Lions route, like in the first week of owning the game, uh-huh. which was, and it, was a, it was a pretty considerable number. Okay. And I was like, I'm just going to every once in a while, I'm going to just type in to do and I'm going to see the search results. And I want to see everybody kind of get to that point where it's like it's been five years and to do is dead. And I want to see the I want to see the despair, the to do despair. And then I want to see the people who finished the paralogue. I would see that tree branch of like everyone who finished the paralogue and who gets them back. Yeah. And then all the people who didn't and realize that they can. And then I want to see the tree branch. It's like my little flow chart here. I want to see the tree branching moment of like the people who go back to the beginning to play to get him back and how, and who just sort of carries on without him. And honestly, dude, like clockwork. That first week, I, I like a couple days in, I, did, I, I like search him and I'm like, here it is. Mm-hmm. All these tweets, you know, he's gone. He's dead. What, the, what What's going on? What is this? This is, you know, oh, like WTF, like this yeah. is the worst, blah, blah, blah. Then like, you know, later that afternoon or like the next day, uh-huh. it's like, he's back. He's back. He's back. And then they're, they're all, and then all the like sobbing emojis of like, I didn't do the paralogue. And I'm like, oh, I felt so, I was like, oh man, I should get a PhD for this. This is, I, I, I'm patting myself on the back here for having anticipated this social behavior. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was very funny. Oh, uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, when he rides back in, it's a very, uh, it's a very triumphant moment. Oh, and it- I also really, I like I like post time skip to do very much uh-huh. because I feel like he has become much more comfortable with himself. Oh yeah, and I hope you can hear that in the performance because that is something that I really tried to do. Oh no, where, I, uh, I yeah, totally where did. Sort of Academy era to do is a little bit. He's a little robotic, a little oh, yeah. more stilted, a little just uncomfortable. I, uh, sort of like like in in Garrick Mock. Yeah, and like. I just like he he's just a little bit he flows a little bit better. Oh yeah, he's a little, he's a little bit breezier uh, when he when he's back in the, in the fold. I was, uh, he's just had that he's had that time to develop. Um, so that, I I really that was a a, a, a big choice, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope that that's something that read uh, because it's uh, I I that's one of the things I love about this game, dude. I love the fact that it jumps ahead a half a decade, uh-huh. and you just get to see all these characters change. You just oh, get to yeah. see the, the like the life changes, but also like how it affects the personality. And it's like I can't think of another game where you see this many characters undergo such drastic change oh, and yeah. really see them become different people over the over. I, I've, obviously, there's wonderful moments of change for characters across uh, all sorts of games, but I, I can't think of another example where it's the whole cast, right? Oh, no. And with this many cast members. Uh, so yeah, yeah. What. Going back to my Blue Lions, I know I keep mentioning my Blue Lions run. Obviously, when I got to do back, I was just ecstatic. And because I remember talking to, like, I had a bunch of my support um, conversations with Dadu. And you're right, he was very robotic. Like, it's very, like, quick mm-hmm. one word, one line. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just like dot dot, like the ellipses, the dot dot. Yeah, like a lot the of pauses. Silent, the lot of pauses. They would, put the, they would put those in the script too. There would oh, be ellipses great. in the script, and I'd be like, "Oh wow, I don't have to do anything. This is yeah. the easiest job ever." Yeah. Silence. And it's a lot of silence. Yeah, and then I would because I recruited Dor- I sniped Dorothea from the Black Eagles house into my house for my Blue uh-huh. Lions run. I totally sniped her. I mean, truth be told, my girlfriend knows this. Dorothea, like Clark, she was my waifu for life in that my first run of the game. Gotcha. I okay. freaking loved Dorothea. And yeah. after in post time skip, I'm talking to Dorothea. Her, I mean, obviously she's still a powerful character, 
but you can tell the time the time skip really drained her instead of her yes. in, like, in her academy days she's all like oh man this is great i love i love being in the academy the academy is awesome i love talking to people now she's just like man war sucks i know i know and that's the thing too it's a really it's actually a really uh uh, it's a good sort of indictment on war and like the mm-hmm. effects that it has on people. And oh, it's, yeah. it's funny because you, you talk to like people who don't play video games yeah, and you're sort of like explaining this to them. And it's, they're like, I'm sorry, what is this? It's like, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's, it's a, it's a, a game uh, where you, where you move soldiers around and have uh, swords and magic, but really you kind of see the, the cost of war oh, uh, yeah. and on the, and the toll of mankind's spirits. Yeah. It's like, it's so fun to me because it's like, unless you've experienced the game, it's sort mm-hmm. of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's very, I, it, that, that is uh, very amusing to me. Uh, especially like post time skip. Cause when you see characters from other houses pop up and you're, yeah. it's the rematch of the battle of Eagle and Lion at Grander field. Obviously right. the first time in been the po- in pre time skip, the Academy days, it's just a fun little mock battle that everyone goes in and they go back to the Garrick mock. They have a grand feast. But this time I, I will not lie. When I got into that fight this, the second time and all Time, all three times houses are staring each other down with that hundred yard stare. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I mean, even though I already, yeah. I only did one recruit. I only sniped one other house member. That was Dorothea, and then I recruited mm-hmm. Catherine, Shamir, and Manuela into my house because I mean they're part of the Church of Saros, and there's like, okay, yeah, they're they're neutral, they're they're fine. But then I see other characters that I had a few. I had a conversation with Hilda in uh, my Blue Lions run. And then I see mm-hmm. her on the field. I'm like, I, I don't want to fight you. I, yep. I see, um, oh my gosh, I, uh, man, House Regan. I am completely blank. Claude, oh my god, Claude. If, man, if Joey was here, he'd probably smack me upside the head. <laughs> I, I, I follow a lot of you guys, as you know, I follow a lot of you guys on Twitter. But I see Claude on the other side. I see Edelgard ugh, on the other side. And I'm just like staring him down. I was like, hey, I don't want to fight you, but I'm fine with right. fighting you. Hubert, right. I've always hated. Ever since I saw him, <laughs> ever since I met Hubert, I'm like, I don't like you. I know I haven't. Uh, well, talked- when, you, when you get to your, when you get to your, uh, when you get to your Eagles run, yeah, you'll you'll unpack all of that and you'll okay. discover you'll discover that he's just as rich a character as the rest of that, them. That's good. That's the cool thing about the game too. Just yeah. What, as soon as you play, everybody has everybody has their opinions about these characters, right? Until they play the house, and then it's like everything changes. Oh, for right. everybody! The second they spend five years with these characters, oh yeah, then it's like, oh, now I get it. So what? yeah, you'll you'll have that too. You'll have that with you. Like as well. when I met you and uh, Ritana over at Anime Impulse a few weeks ago, I, I mean, obviously your character was the one I gravitated toward because I played his run, but Ritana's character, who is Leone, and she is be quick super um leone is like the mvp she's the second highest uh strong the second strongest character in my behind my own in my current playthrough yep. of my golden deer she is like the strongest character right now and i'm like leone is the best i freaking love leone and i feel so bad because well. because i was so far behind the game i couldn't talk to retana like as as well as i'm talking to you because it's like yeah the dude is awesome hey your character's cool too but i'm not that far of the game yet <laughs> I, I, it's uh it's like they need to do uh they need to do an anime impulse part two oh yeah so that everybody can play another house oh and yeah come back around and meet all the voice actors that they that weren't in their original playthrough mm-hmm. oh, uh, it's definitely. just yeah it's just a testament to how jam-packed that game is oh man. my gosh yes um so i do have a few other questions for you 
I, I know I've, I know we're rambling on Fire Emblem, but I could ramble on Fire Emblem for hours on end. I, you, <laughs> to quote um, to quote Ant Man the Wasp, uh, once you put a dime in the jukebox, you have to let the whole song play. <laughs> so going back to you, close up uh, magic academy. <laughs> I learned that. Yeah. Oh, How did you do that? The card trick. Are you serious? <laughs> I love that movie. Um, it's very fun. So going back to you and Dudu, how did you find Dudu's voice? Like, was it instant? Did you say, oh, this guy's like a stock character. I know exactly what I'm going to do for that. Or did it take a few tries to finally nail it down? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, no, well, obviously, uh, Patrick Seitz directed the game. And I mean, I can't say enough good things about Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously, A, an incredible actor, and B, an absolutely uh, just amazing, like, actor's director. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, like like we didn't we didn't like belabor it, but we definitely spent a little time at, at the first session, kind of trying to figure out uh, what uh, Dudu would sound like. And with his guidance, you know, I've yeah, that's the thing, you know, when you go into these things as an actor, it's like you can sort of gauge, but uh, like based on just sort of like the artwork that you've seen and sort of the descriptions that you've been given. But like Patrick's been steeped in this, right? So mm-hmm. like he. He knows uh, so many angles and the entire, st- all the different branching stories in this game from start to finish. And it's, with all of that knowledge, like it's very, it, I'm very grateful for him and his direction because you can really lean on him and mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know, like mm, I'm wondering if like does he sound, does he sound a little too stilted or does he sound a little too distant or a little too cold or whatever? Uh-huh. And like. Patrick would know. He's like, well, um, you know, he tra- he transforms though, or like this is there's this sort of tragic backstory that you've heard the Cliff Notes version of, but like it's this huge thing, and you'll start to understand it more as like we get through more scenes. It's just like having that guidance is really uh, critical because at the very beginning of a game, you are kind of, especially when it's a big character and, and with a lot of lines, you're really mm-hmm. kind of like swinging uh, a dagger around in the dark. So like it's it's always fun after the first day of recording to maybe even go back and kind of like do the first thing you recorded over again because mm-hmm. it's like yeah that's when we were still trying to find it. I don't remember too much fine tuning. I just remember I remember I kept thinking like oh uh this guy kind of has a wharf like quality. Did you yeah. ever watch like Next Generation? Uh no, I I'm, I'm familiar with Next Generation but I have not yeah. seen it. I don't know so, like, I it. just I I, the, the thing I kept thinking of, I remember on day one was it's like, yeah, it's like Worf. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's he's the only Klingon in Starfleet. He's, uh, you know, like nobody really trusts the Klingons yet. It's weird. His parents are human. You know, he was raised in Russia. Like it's it, but like he so he understands humanity. He had the experience of being raised mm-hmm. by them. But it's like it's not his world. It's not his uh, background. It's not his culture. And he doesn't want to, like, lose that part of himself. And I feel like that was kind of a good for for like day one. That was kind of a good mindset to have. And then from there, it just kind of like the dude just sort of blossomed into into uh, his own thing completely and. Like once, once you just kind of get comfortable, it's like a hot tub, you know, it's uh-huh. like you, as soon as, when you step in, it's like, Ooh, it's too hot. It's too hot. I need to like get in slowly, yeah. but then very quickly your body acclimates. And then by like, you know, day two or even hour two, you're just kind of like, Oh no, no, no. I, 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 I get it now. Oh yeah. So yeah, with, with Patrick's guidance, there was a little bit of tweaking, but ultimately it was, I think, I think the voice is pretty similar mm-hmm. to 
to me, I think, uh, in terms of attitude, uh, there's a lot of longing, uh, a lot of melancholy, a lot of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And those are all parts of myself that I, you know, I, I don't, I certainly don't wear those on my sleeve, but that's all stuff that I'm you know, familiar with and oh, able yeah. to access like, like we all are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just more of getting in that headspace. I think of like, oh, okay, like I, I really like don't belong here and I don't like this person is very, one person is very important to me, but the rest of this all feels dangerous. Yeah. And, and I'm also, I'm also depressed oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm anxious and I'm depressed and I, I miss my family, but I can't dwell on it. And uh, there's one, I'm going to focus all of my attention on this one singular person and making sure that he will be okay and he will get what he needs. Yeah. And well, it was like, that was, uh, that was, I think more important than actually like developing the voice. Yeah. Uh, it was just sort of developing that mindset. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I have to say you absolutely nailed it. Cause I mean, oh, thanks. When, when I played the game and I, my, my first time while meeting every single student before I had to pick my house, I remember talking to this one night and he said, Hey, if I were you, watch out for that one guy from Dusker. I'm like, Who the heck is from Dusker? I don't know that. Cause, you know, this is yeah. the first time I'm, it's my very first playthrough. I don't know anyone. I only know the three people on the, the four people on the box. Five of you right. include male slash female Byleth. And then when I finally started talking to Dudu and getting, seeing his support conversations, he would talk about the tragedy of Dusker, and I'm like, whoa, I yeah. feel for this guy. He is yeah. constantly being harassed by the Holy Kingdom of Fargus mm-hmm. for something his people eventually, like we find out later, post-spoiler, post-time skip, didn't necessarily orchestrate. Right. And yet people, are st- people even in Garrick Mock, are still giving him the the side glance, but thankfully all of his fellow um, classmates are like, yo, to do is like the freaking best. We love yeah. to do. Thank God for right. the Lion House. Oh my goodness. Well, I love gracious. that. I love that moment with Sylvain where he's like, you know, oh, like, Sylvain. so Sylvain's like, why if everyone just would think clearly for two minutes, that doesn't really make sense. that Dusker would try to mount an uprising. It's yeah. probably it's at, at worst. It's probably a small group of people within uh, that part of the country. Mm-hmm. And at worst, it's probably none of them. And it's, it's some sort of conspiracy that's been orchestrated. And it's cool because it's like, yeah, if you kind of stop and think about it, that's probably the truth. But yeah. No one's stopping to think about it. Everybody's just giving into their base instincts oh, yeah. of, of mistrust and fear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, um, there's a lot of, there's, I think there's a lot of levity in, in blue lions, like that's, that's kind of tucked in there, but, it's a lot of also just uh, there's a lot of sadness in that yeah. in that house in that playthrough oh, and uh, and I think it really I think it resonates with a lot of people who really consider themselves to be like blue lions first is yeah. sort of that 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 like that deep feeling uh, emotionally resonant person I think is probably going to really uh, really sort of pick up on a lot of what was layered into those characters and, and mm-hmm. what their stories represent yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I don't I can't remember exactly why I picked the Blue Lions first. Um, I I think when I was when I was got when I got the option to pick my house, I saw Blue Lions and I saw Dimitri and all the other characters, and I'm like, you know what? I, I like kingdoms. I like knights. These guys look cool. And then once I got to know all of them, like so when I first saw Sylvain trying, I I love Sylvain. I totally sniped him in my Golden Deer run. Uh, him sure. and both him and Felix and Mercedes, obviously. Yep. I love yep. all three of them. And I see them interacting with all the other characters and with them them within their own house. So I'm like, 
I am growing attached to these characters in a way that I could not realize. And oh, that's, right. the, that's the one, to me, that's, I think that's the magic of Fire Emblem in a way is that once you play, like now I'm getting attached to Ignatz, to Leone, to Raphael. Yep. I'm getting attached to all these characters. I just sniped, I re-sniped Dorothea, I re-sniped Petra, and I am loving Claude's laid-back attitude. Like yeah, I love Dimitri. Absolutely. I love Dimitri is like prim and proper. I know the 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 weight I have before me. But then when he goes into a little crazier pre and post time skip, I'm like, dude, I feel for you, man. But you gotta like tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Totally. I I think it's just like you know, and even and Eagles too. It's just like mm-hmm. every house like by virtue of spending a lot of time with these characters, and also just like I mean. I feel it was so fun to go to Anime Impulse and get to really spend time with with the cast because mm-hmm. they're all they're all friends, but we yeah. don't see each other as much as we'd like to. Oh yeah, and understandable. It was, just, it was so cool to to get to hang with them, but also just to be reminded of like what a good cast this is, and like even if it's even if it's your third choice for a house, it's still worth doing a playthrough of all oh, three yeah. of them because it's just like the actors all brought it in this game and obviously the writing and the storytelling is there. And I just love how I love stories where you start with one assumption about a character or a group of characters. And then by the end of the game, your mind has been completely flipped and your perspective on them has been completely changed. And that happens three times in this game. There's three different ways to see people completely, uh, completely, um, flip it around on you yeah i and like to me to me it's just like wow i, I like what what like an embarrassment of riches in terms of like <laughs> storytelling for one game and okay. then and the dlc too oh yeah trust me i cannot wait to get through my other playthroughs but unfortunately there's just not enough time in the day i know i know it's hard it's yeah. so hard all right so besides to do being your favorite i'm going to assume that to do is your favorite character in fireman three houses correct oh yeah no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so besides I'm way to- too i'm way too narcissistic to <laughs> to say any other characters and don't ask me what my other favorites are because oh, it's I was just, just about to, do, to do all right never rest mind. useless <laughs> uh no i'm assuming are you are you wondering i, I was about my other favorites are? i was about to ask who if you don't have like a singular you're like your top three top five or just like throw a bunch of characters out those you like besides obviously to do is like top dog he is right. to, he is like the top dog i remember playing like if something were to happen i'm like nope uh, divine pulse bring him back we got we got sure right, right. all right put you over here so you can kill these kick these guys' asses and let's just say that there are times <laughs> i got a few uh very crucial criticals from to do that just made me mm. go that's my boy yeah he's my boy <laughs> he's very he's very valuable on the battlefield oh yes no doubt. He is. so besides to do if you have any do you like like other characters or is it just like nope to do all day every day everyone else sucks Oh, sure. Of course. I mean, it's again, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually really humbled to be part of this cast because mm-hmm. a lot of the, a lot of the people, uh, who provided voices in this game are people who I've looked up to for a really long time, you know, as, as I was getting my start. And so the idea of getting to, the idea of getting to just be part of this family with them is it's a, it's a, it's like, I, it's easy to say this, but I really mean it. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very, very humbling experience for me. Um, I, I think everybody, I just want to stress this. I think everybody brings something to the table that, Mm -hmm. uh, it makes this game interesting and fascinating. If I have to rattle a few off, uh, off the top of my head, obviously like Dimitri is, of course, 
uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think, you know, Hackney is uh, brilliant. And I just, I love, love, love that character and what he goes through. I love Ash. Um, oh, Ash, I, is the, Ash is great. Well, Ash is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love his tenderness. I love his commitment to family. Same, oh. with, same with Annette. I love what Annette kind of learns about herself along the way. Uh, I'm listing only blue lions, I'm realizing. Uh, I, <laughs> hey, no, uh, no shame I mean, there. No shame there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go outside the family. I I, I'm pretty Ignatz. sure both I think of Christian, Christian did such a good job with him. Um, yeah. I've always been a really big fan of Christian, and uh, he's also another, in addition to being an amazing actor, he's also a really, really, really awesome director. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just any ch- any chance I get to work with Christian is, is uh, really uh, – wonderful uh and valuable cherished experience for me so like getting to hear him put all the, his wonderful christian qualities the ignats is something that uh i really appreciate leone uh oh, obviously yeah. um i think we're on the same page yeah definitely uh, uh you know I, yeah i um i really like shamir i think that's probably that probably stems a little bit from, I think she and the do have really good supports together. That's yeah. probably why I'm a little, uh, bit Shamir biased, but I, I love, really I love their energy together. Mm-hmm. And I love, uh, just sort of how Allegra really, you know, gets her to the point. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I actually didn't realize Allegra, um, Allegra Clark voiced both Shamir and Dorothea. Cause yeah, I yeah, know... she, did, she did double duty and it's, yeah. it's awesome. You can't really, uh, you can't really tell. It's just really, uh, she does such a good job of di- differentiating, and oh yeah, I I feel like uh, what was the other one? I just had on the oh uh, uh, diva, obviously it's playing. Um, mm-hmm. It's just uh, a, I think everybody's kind of uh, everybody's kind of fallen in love with that character because she's just so uh, she's just so bubbly and <laughs> optimistic and funny and uh, yeah, I I don't know, man, a little precocious, like I just. I, I really could honestly just list the whole cast. Oh, yeah. Those are just the ones that sort of are on, in my frontal lobe right now. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah I, again, I just want to stress like, man, what a, like what a humbling, humbling experience to just get to, to be a part of that family. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. To echo off you, like for Flane, even I, I absolutely adore Flane. I, I feel like I'm Sedeth whenever I have to put Flane on the battle. Yeah. Scene, so yeah. I can, no doubt. No so, doubt. I can, so I can level her up both in my blue lines and now in my golden deer. Luckily with golden deer, I can relax a little bit cause I have, I'm playing on casual mode just, just cause I want to get through the story. Sure. <laughs> um, so hopefully no one asks me, he's like, how dare you play on casual? I was like, guys, I just want to get through the story. Okay. I know I have like 200 hours to go through, but even when I'm on the battlefields, like I feel like, okay, I have to protect flame. I think yeah. for me now where I'm at, it's right before the white hair cup. I'm going to try and have flame become my dancer. Oh, so gotcha. she can, so she can get because I have Lysithia with the opera company as her gambit, so she can right. like give other people like so they can move twice. I'm like, oh, that is that's good. I like that. Totally. And totally. And if Allegra Clark, if you are listening to this, I hope you're happy to know that I plan to have Shamir and Dorothea on all of my run throughs because both those characters kick ass and take names. <laughs> and Allegra is. So much fun to listen to. I mean, oh, let's yeah. be honest. She's so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah no, and, I, and I think to your point, too, I think Flame kind of brings the big brother out of everybody. You can't mm-hmm. help but want to protect that character. Uh, yeah. It's just, man, what a, like, uh, it's how lucky are we? Like, it's just, it's such an awesome game. And it's also such an awesome game in a series that that um, deserves mm-hmm. to have, like, a really successful new entry. And, 
you know, I just, uh, it's, uh, without getting too sappy about it, I just Mm -hmm. feel like really everything regarding three houses with me has sort of encapsulated a very kind of magical period of time in my life Uh where I've just been like, things have just, I, I just, it really like warms my heart, like a, to see the community, uh, be as excited about it as they are, mm-hmm. but also like, it's just everything. It's the cast. It's yeah. Patrick directing it. It's the fans. It's the people making artwork. It's like, it's like this giant, it's just this giant love fest. And at the heart of it, it's like a really, really, really solid game that has a solid story, which is, we've already established is like, is like my core kink, like yeah. good storytelling <laughs> oh, in yeah. games. So it's literally like every box gets checked for me. Oh, and, uh, okay. and like I sometimes I'm just, you know, driving around L.A. trying to make it to auditions and sessions and trying to jam everything in. And mm-hmm. like it's it it makes me feel a little bit wistful. But sometimes I'll just think, you know, you know, you were in three houses and it was awesome. <laughs> and it's, it's just like ah, it's just like it really makes me feel just so grateful and uh and i don't know man i'm rambling but uh, no no please it, keep, keep, it, it really it really just encapsulates a very a very magical and wonderful uh period of time in my in my adult life so i'm eternally grateful for well it. if i sound like i'm brown nosing i'm honest to god trying not to but um, oh, nice. fire emblem three houses was my game of the year last year nice and for because at the on my podcast at the end of the year we always do like best of the year and I want to say, I can't remember if I put it uh, on my best of the decade. No, I didn't. But if I did, it was been like a number six or a seven spot. Because nice. I, I only did five when we did our best of the decade episode. But for me, my game of the year, hands down, was Fire Emblem. Because that game, for I, mean, there, I love it when games just like enrapture me. Yeah. And not just a story, but because I've always loved tactical games. The, the way I see it, because I like playing chess, I always saw tactical games as a more intense version of chess. Like when you're yeah, talking, I, agree. You know, I completely agree. With that. Like when you were talking about Advance Wars earlier, it's like, hey, I got tanks, I got infantry, I got, right. um, I have anti-aircraft machines. I need to, I need to choose where I need to put them. Whereas with Final Fantasy Tactics or Fire Emblem, it's like, okay, now I have that, but it's like with swords, magic, and all stuff. I'm super into. And for me, it's like, man, to me, this is fun. Like, I remember way back when I did get Final Fantasy Advance the first time, my dad bought me the game and he looked at it and mm-hmm. looked at me and said, is this fun for you? Do you, do you like this? <laughs> yeah. I, I was... yeah. Either you get it or you don't get it <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a really big way. Yeah. And like I and I sympathize for those people because it's like. I, I can only imagine it kind of it makes me laugh the idea of seeing somebody playing like an SRPG and being mm-hmm. like, what is this to you? And it's like, either you know or you don't. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, possible to explain the feeling. Full, yeah, full chess, disclosure. Chess is a good way to put it. Full right? disclosure. When I first got into video games, I thought Final Fantasy was bad because I did not see the appeal mm-hmm. of turn based fighting. And sure. then I played Kingdom Hearts and I saw how cool these characters looked Squall, Leon, Cloud. Um, and then I went to Blockbuster, rented Final Fantasy X, and down the rabbit hole I go. Yes, and that was the end of that. Oh, the end yeah. of that chapter of your life and the beginning of a new one. Now I embrace all video games. If it's fun to play and you like it, play it, damn it. Yes, absolutely. All right. I have one. I actually have a few more questions. I have like a few more questions for you. So obviously you play the yep. game. How are you? Have you started playing the DLC yet? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I, I I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
I'm excited to meet these new characters. Uh-huh. I kind of love that it's like self-contained, but then it sort of tendrils out from there and uh-huh. affects the rest of the gameplay. I think that's a smart way to do it. Uh, but I no, I have not, uh, I have not been able to play it yet. Okay, I'm pumped. Okay, now obviously, um, just just recently with the latest uh, Smash Direct, a lot of fans were, uh, excuse me, were as you say, kind of peeved with the addition of Byleth into Super Smash Bros. I am not one of those people. I was actually totally fine with Byleth being in them because I figured sure. you have Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's one of Nintendo's biggest games from 2019. Of course he's going to be in there. But how stoked were you to see Dedu along with Dimitri and Ingrid in the Garrick Mock stage? I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was I thought it was a bit. I thought someone had, <laughs> I, I thought someone had actually like like just made a, a rendering of it like uh-huh. as sort of a as a fan love thing yeah and I, I was i was scrolling through i was actually in i was in washington dc uh for a for a summit uh-huh uh, at national geographic when oh. this happened i was literally like up to my eyeballs and other things that, that were happening around me when when uh Byleth was announced when they released the video and i kind of was just sort of staring down at my phone for a hot second and i was thumbing through twitter just, you know, as you do for like 15 seconds. Yeah. And I saw that picture of, I didn't even see Ingrid. I just saw Dimitri and the dude standing side by side. And I was like, oh, it's so cool. Somebody really made this look like Smash graphics. And I just kept <laughs> scrolling. And, uh, and then, and then I saw another one and then I saw another one. And then for a hot second, I was like, wait. Like, are, did they, are we, what, how is this, how is this possible? I don't, did I record anything? No, I wouldn't remember what is happening. And then I just saw it was, it was the levels and I was like, oh my God. Oh, they, they like, they gave to do his due. They put him in the level. Yeah. I mean, there's so many choices. There's so many blue lions choices and they gave it to our guy. Uh, he's one of, one of the slots. Oh man. I was, I was just thrilled. I was over the moon and it was just like, um, I just, I loved that feeling of like my stomach, my stomach dropping when I realized that he was, when he was there only because I just like all of my actor narcissism aside, I just really do love that character and I love his story and Mm -hmm. everything that it says about, uh, you know, uh, finding your place in the world and, yeah. and recovering from tragedy. And so like I, I beyond loving to do, cause I got to voice him. I also just really just love that character. Yeah. So just the fact that he got that little, uh, not little, pretty big pat on the back oh, yeah. uh, or that, that inclusion, that, that, that love, it was a very special moment for me. Totally. And he's and the first. And, and I really, really, really didn't believe it. Was really I, if you play, if you play Smash Bros. with the, um, with the like the stage changing, he's the first one you see. It's, it goes Blue Lions, mm. um, gold, it goes Blue Lions, Black Eagles, Golden Deer, and then the, um, and then the main head like Lady Rhea, Sedeth, and Flame of the Church of Seros. Mm. So nice. I have to say, like seeing the Blue Lions and to do first, I'm like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. still it's still a bummer that he's just I mean he's a background character but still seeing him in Smash ah no it's, which I, is love it. I love it I love I mean obviously game. obviously it's gonna be it's gonna be Byleth and like I just I'm so happy that oh, yeah. I think they it's just it's again it's a testament to like how beloved this entire family mm-hmm. of characters is like all the houses right like, oh yeah 
people people just have such emotional connections to all of these characters and really that's that's not that's not a three houses exclusive that's like every fire emblem game it's yeah. like they're just the cast is jam-packed oh yeah with people that people connect to and it's like i think i would assume they know that and that's that's why like the background is is has the has these people featured in it yeah uh yeah i just uh my my hope was that there would be some kind of visible weeds in the background because I was like, Oh, I've got plans for this, but I can't, I can't seem to find any. So it's all right. Well, someone already took us. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but once um, the stage became playable, someone took a screenshot of Oshawa and Dorothea in the background and sent it to Allegra. And she just was on, apparently she was on cloud nine. Yeah. I can imagine. That's that's honestly how I thought actually really being in DC and being swamped, Mm -hmm was probably the best probably the best circumstance in which I could have discovered that because it literally precluded me from having a complete like what moment <laughs> I was like I, oh, I, I gotta keep my stuff together like, yeah. I'm, I'm busy yeah, if I was uh, better at if honestly nice. if I was better at screenshotting smash because I suck at screenshotting smash because when I play smash I'm like I'm here to play smash I was good sure because for Byleth you can change the skins but you can have like a skin of Dimitri so what, right. I was, what I was wanting to do, what I saw, I was like, I'm going to try and get like me as Bias as Dimitri, like, like edging out like the real Dimitri in a bit. So it, like, try to frame it away. So you, so like Bias as Dimitri, and then Dudu is just like chilling or something. But I was like, man, I can't. I, I if I had if I put some time and effort to it, I could probably do that. But I'm not good at taking snapshots in Smash. <laughs> I, when I'm playing Smash Bros, I'm playing Smash Bros to fight. I hear you. No, you you've you've got the mission on your mind. Yeah, you, you have work to do. Yep. All right. So last question, and this All is right. a, I swear to God, this is a fun one. Okay. So as we have stated before, characters can marry other characters in Fire Emblem. Right. As to do. Who do you ship to do with in blue in all the houses, all the ladies or guys? Even I don't, I do not judge anyone sure. in Fire Emblem and Fire Emblem Three Houses. Who do you ship to do with? Because personally, I ship him with Mercedes, even though she's kind of has oh. a tie between Dimitri because all of her supports with Dimitri are really really sweet. But also, I liked her um, supports with Dudu as well. Yeah, I have a well, I have a, I have a variety of answers to this question. I think first and foremost, probably Dimitri. Okay. Uh, I also think um, I also think Ash. I oh. think Shamir. Okay. Shamir is a is a really is a, a favorite ship of mine with him. Okay. Uh, just be again. I think their supports are just so fun together, and it's mm-hmm. like that would be the, that would be the most efficient marriage of all time, right? Yeah. It's literally oh, yeah. like it'd be like one word. One yeah. word. Oh god, yeah. I I could yeah, see, right? I could see it now. I could see them, um, like uh, uh, Dudu's like cooking like uh, or he's making a salad and Shamir's like smells good and Dudu's like yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's just yeah, absolutely yeah, and, and that's it. And nothing, <laughs> nothing else is said for the rest. Nothing of the else evening. is needed to be said. There exactly unless you hear so. Also, I kind of shipped Sylvain and Ingrid a little bit. I had them both yeah. get earrings, but Ingrid just kept to be a knight, and I was like, yeah. I could kind of see it, but still, I feel for it a little bit. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, those are those are my big three, and then I think maybe if if you wanted to, obviously Shamir's outside the house, but if you wanted to uh, do like a, a house crossover, maybe like mm-hmm. Leone. Oh uh, yeah, I think they, I, I think that. they're really similar. Uh, I think they have very similar uh, uh, sort of life uh, perspectives in terms of like grit and hard work and and commitment. Uh, you know, so yeah, I would say. Uh, I don't know. I it's it, one of the 
one of the really fun things to do is obviously just to go down the, the flow chart of oh, yeah. potential matchups. Yeah. Right? And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I can see. Uh, it's, it's like just like you get to play matchmaker with like uh, it's like you're in a laboratory of just sort of experimenting <laughs> with relationships without any of the without any of the heartache or catastrophe that yeah. comes from doing that. You have a bunch of yeah, bottles. I, of- <laughs> I, I always kind of my first inclination is always Dimitri. I think. There's a lot there with Ash. Uh-huh. There's a lot there with Shamir, and then probably oh, yeah. yeah, Leone. Those are those are my my top four. Okay, and we could go all night. Oh, with the rest of them. Oh yes, yes we can. Yes yeah. we can. But anyways, Ben, thank you so much for doing oh, this. Thank you. This is a pleasure. It was so much fun to talk to you. I could keep talking, but then it's just gonna keep going longer, longer, longer. Nah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is a blast, dude. I I loved uh, getting to sit down with you, and uh, I. You know, best of luck with the podcast. This is uh, this is awesome. You're doing great work. Uh, thank you so um, much. And you, sir, yeah. are doing amazing work as well. Thank you so much. All right. So, Ben, where can people find you on the internet if they want to follow you? You know what? The best way to do that is just to follow me on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I I don't I don't do much else at this point. Maybe I'll do more in the future on other channels, but right now Twitter seems to be where most of my focus is uh, okay. on anything voiceover related. So that would be at White Bathrobe, uh, like um, the bathrobe you find in a hotel closet. Best Twitter handle uh, ever. White Bathrobe. <laughs> that is awesome, and. I, I, I assume I'm, with a bunch of other voice actors, I can only assume you have NDAs hovering over your head. But do you have any upcoming projects that you can talk about that you're looking forward to? Or is it all hush hush? I'll let you know when it happens. I Yeah, you, you nailed it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of exciting things happening, but it's all NDA city. So okay. uh, the, be- the best way to find out is honestly just follow on Twitter. And I, I'm usually good about, you know, day of uh, okay. letting people know what's going on because I'm shameless and I like people telling me how wonderful I am. So uh, <laughs> there's no better place, no better place to do that than social media. All right. Uh, but no, yeah, that's uh, um, there. There's, there'll be some fun stuff this year. I all promise. right. Well, you hear him stalk him. I mean, follow him on Twitter. I totally am not stalking you on Twitter at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Stalk away. I say, <laughs> sorry, my phone dropped for a second. I was like, Oh, oh no. Oh, all right. Good. All right. And you can follow me, Ben Magnet, at Ben Magnet27 on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the show at Fake Nerd Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. Email us at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. Also, I want to give a huge shout out to Mike Matola. He's the gentleman who drew our logo on the, for this show. And also, I want to th- give a huge shout out and thank you to Jeremy Vellucci. You can follow him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. He is the guy who did the music for both the intro and outro when you eventually hear it. And also, I just want to give a huge, huge, just the biggest thank you ever to you, Ben, for coming on and just gushing about video games, voice acting, and gushing a whole lot about Fire Emblem. Uh, thanks, dude. It was a pleasure. Uh, so I have one more request, if you could indulge me. The way we end these, we end all of our shows, is we say, stay fake, nerds. <laughs> stay fake, nerds! <laughs> <laughs>